Demi, all your hard work paid off at 28 when you got your professional contract in football. What's an average day look like? Um, it's actually quite slow-paced, <laughs> would you believe? Um, but yeah, like we, we train very early in the morning um, and then we do a gym session and I think I've seen every coffee shop in Glasgow, to be honest. Um, before I came to Rangers, my life was just 100 mile an hour. Mm -hmm. I had like two jobs, so I had football on top of it and then obviously... What were the two jobs that you did? I PT'd, um, so I, I actually coached, um, I coached CrossFit classes and then I had my own uh, PT business right. and then obviously I had football on top of that as well. So whenever I came to Rangers, I was just expecting it to be the same and then all of a sudden I had like seven extra hours in the day. Did you find that difficult? Yeah, to know really, what to do yeah. with your time? I, feel I struggle to like get the day in sometimes. Mm -hmm which is obviously a nice problem to have. Megan, lots of people in Northern Ireland will know your name. You were a teenage sensation in women's football, but I want to know a little bit more about you. Tell us about growing up, who your sporting heroes were, for example. I was kicking a ball from the age. My mom and dad tell me all the time that I was um, very young in the garden, never had the ball in my hands. It was always at my feet. So um, I would say one of the biggest influences on me as a kid was always my dad because he was the one always out there in the garden with me. Grandas also, like, was actually them who um, got me into my first boys team and stuff. So, um, yeah, I would say my dad and my two grandas. So just been always kicking the ball, really. You and Megan were living together for a while as well. Yeah, kicked her out. Very how, how was that? Did you look after her? Yeah, make well, her bed? I actually tried to teach her how to cook, you know, like just the basics, like the chicken yeah. and stuff, but. I don't know, she knows it's not supposed to be When you say the, the chicken, what kind, you mean like just cook a chicken breast? Or just like a plain chicken, chicken breast, so right. we just revert it back to chicken that's already cooked in the packet before. But now she's <laughs> getting there now, we don't, we don't actually live together anymore, so she's, um, she's grown up. That must have been nice though for the two of you to have each other during that time. It was good to kind of have somebody from home. I knew of Megan, um, I wasn't obviously really that close to her, because um, she's a couple of years younger than me. Um, but we know whenever she came here, we obviously grew a lot closer, so it was nice. Did you want to be a footballer when you were younger? Yeah, to be honest, I think people thought I was a wee bit naive growing up because the whole way through school, my um, primary school, secondary school teachers asked me what I wanted to do when I grew up, and all I could tell them was that I wanted to be a footballer. I had no other real passion. I wanted to be a footballer, and there was nothing else. I just couldn't get my head wrapped around anything else. So it was just me and my friends in the street, really, and. Mm getting told off for kicking the ball off old men's wall and stuff. Could you see that pathway to becoming a professional footballer though at that age? At a young age probably not because there wasn't as many girl professionals yeah. but and it's probably with all the media coverage and everything mm -hmm. else that has improved since I was a kid and I know I'm still young but um, when I was young there wasn't there wasn't enough on women's football and there was no like role models and people yeah. Um, that you could look to that have moved across from Northern Ireland uh, um, because they didn't have those opportunities in those days. And how much do you think signing that professional contract for Rangers has given you a boost um, in international football as well? Of course, I think Kenny wanted all his players playing professional football, yeah. so um, the more you're playing football and the more you're getting exposure to that every single day, the better you're going to be and the more people um, playing professionally, I think the better for the team and that's the girls have gone full time at home and you can even see the difference mm -hmm. that that's made in a short space of what has it been now, four or five months. So um, definitely the more players playing full time, the better I think. Mm -hmm. How was it doing all that without fans as well? 
Do you think it made the process a little bit more intimate in some ways for you all? I've been around the squad for like two or three years now. Um, but possibly because, you know, when we played before, we are so used to playing like in front of nobody. Yeah. You know, I think there's maybe a core group of the squad that it didn't affect us at all because we've played, you know, even when COVID wasn't a thing, we've played in an empty CV before. Um, and I think whenever we got the fans back that we really appreciated the fact that we now sell out stadiums. Yeah. Were you a Rangers fan growing up? Yeah. And were all your family delighted when that moment came? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I didn't know that I was ever going to get the chance to be a full-time footballer. Yeah. Did you think that that, obviously that was going to be a dream from you were a child, but did you think that was never going to happen then when it got to like 25, 26? Yeah, well, I think at 22, 23, I thought to myself, I was like, I really want to travel the world, I really want to see places, but you can't have everything. Mm -hmm. um, and I just think at that time I was playing in the domestic league at home and I thought, you know, I'm going to go and try this. So I moved away to Australia for a few years and I played football over there and I'd done a little bit of traveling. And when I was over there, I thought I've missed my chance. I don't think it's ever going to happen. Yeah. And I kind of somewhat accepted that. And when I came home, I just was like, I'm just going to enjoy my football at home and play with my friends. And But then as soon as I got home, I, was, I couldn't stay away. When I was 16, um, I went to England for like a trial week. Mm -hmm. And when I came back, a college from America came in and I was 17 and like someone told me that they're going to play for, pay for my college and I can just play football every day. And I was like, I'll take that, thanks. And I think whenever I got over there, I was like, what have I done? I'm 17, I've moved That's to the so other young, side yeah. of the world by myself. and. I think just at that time it, it was just wrong for me, you know, I just you know, I just woke up one day and I thought I don't want to be here and I got on the plane home and arrived back at my dad's door and he just stood there with his head in his hands being like, what have you done? I was like, it's okay, I'll start work tomorrow, I organised a job for me coming back because I knew that he was just going to go mad but at that time it was the right decision for me. So. Yeah. Did you enjoy school? Um, yeah, I actually did quite enjoy school, but it was always me running about with the boys in school as well. And that was probably my favourite part of school, was break time and lunch time, um, where I could get out of the classroom and, and run about. Um, and my friends always joke about how they never seen me at break or lunch, and the only time they see me was in the classroom because I was just away playing football with the boys. Were you always better than the boys? Um, don't want to be big-headed, like, but... But, yeah. <laughs> Do you think it gave you a good education though, having to play with the boys? And what was the reaction like? Did you ever get bad reaction to that? I learned probably a lot about myself playing with the boys, even though I was so young. Even in training, it's like everyone grab a partner and you're the only one left with no partner because you're a girl. Mm -hmm. um, and that's probably just young and mature boys. And I'm sure if I was to play boys football now, it would be different. But it's just it's just the way boys were, do you know, at a young age. and. Even things like after games and stuff, I would have scored a couple of goals and there's boys teams refusing to shake my hand and stuff and my dad's just pulling me off the pitch by the head saying like don't, like, don't worry and, and me as a kid I'm wondering why does he not want to shake my hand, like what, what have I done yeah. wrong that he doesn't want to shake my hand. And Embarrassed because you're running rings around them. Well maybe <laughs> but um, at that stage to be honest with you I just didn't really let that affect me and I was there to play football and I had the respect of my teammates. Um, maybe not other teams and you used to look and they looked over flip there's a girl playing with them today. So, you know just a few things like that and when you look back it's quite funny but at the time it, it was a wee bit daunting. What kind of legacy do you hope to leave after the Euros? Yeah so when the men were at um, Euro 2016 I was actually in Australia and I remember setting my alarm to get up and watch the game 
with my non-iron top on. On your own? On my own. <laughs> and now I'm like going to be involved. That's going to be you and your family are all going to be there. It's playing, it's playing in the Euro. So I just think it's great now that, you know, kids can now grow up. They want to be a professional footballer, you know, just the way boys do at the ages of 13, 14, 15. Um, and I think a lot of girls in our Northern Ireland team, you know, had the fight and had the, you know, turn professional like myself. I turned professional at 28. Um, and it just shows them that they, they'll never give up and they can actually fulfill their dreams. Megan, what do you do in your spare time after training? Because obviously it can be a long afternoon. You've been in training, what, what time do you go in? Like, it's eight? really in the middle of my bedtime we train. Literally in at eight, like eight o'clock in the morning. And I don't think I've seen that time of the morning since I was at school, so. Are you a night owl? Mm -hmm. Are you? Yeah. Um, I've had to really try and change my behaviours lately behavior. because we're in so early. I need to try and go sleep a wee bit earlier. But Do you find that hard to fall, go sleep sometimes earlier? It's hard to adapt to that. It's when you get into the routine of it, you're fine. Yeah. But the first couple of mornings, I was like a zombie-like. Yeah. First couple of days, wasn't great, but get used to it. Like, What is the camaraderie like between the squad, though, even though there is such a big age difference? That's the beauty of a team, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think, like, when you're in the senior team, I don't really think age matters. Yeah. But I think, you know... Like in the senior team and stuff, we just try and make the younger ones like carry on stuff. It's like the benefit of being old, isn't it? I think that most of the kids have to do now is just carry the water bottles out. <laughs> yeah. and that's it. Do you like that though? There's something nice about that kind of hierarchy in a way, wasn't there? Yeah, well, I just think people don't believe that like I'm the inside on. Yeah. I think they're like, will you pick up the water bottles? I'm like, <laughs> absolutely not. People thinking you're like 15. I've been picking water bottles up for years. <laughs> and have you found it easy to stay in touch with your close friends at home? Have you been able to get back with COVID? Yeah, um, during COVID, obviously, I got to spend a bit of time at home, which was nice. It's hard being away from home, obviously, from the people that you grew up with and that you're closest to. Yeah. And you're really to having your to, to branch out and, yeah. and get to know new people and stuff. And probably for a while, Growing up at home, I was just around the same people all the time. Yeah. Um, like my friends who I played football with growing up are still my friends now, um, and we still play in the same football team now. And so I just feel like I've known them all my life, yeah. and I haven't really had to change my circle of like people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? For women to have played for the international team, going back years, some of them have had to take unpaid leave from the jobs just yeah. to be able to represent their country and it's such a sacrifice for family is that a sacrifice that you feel like your family went through we didn't care we were just like now we're going and then whenever we got a wee bit older and the younger ones started coming through they were bringing like their homework and stuff on camp and we were like are you supposed to do that I think yeah. I'd never done that that's what we were supposed I to be just, doing I was just like no we'll just do that when we'll go back yeah I live with my parents so I didn't really I didn't really care yeah. I think it was when I got a wee bit older I was like right like I've actually responsibilities here. I've got bills to pay, so yeah. can I keep doing this? But you always make it work. Who um, would you be closest to then out of the squad? Um, I'm close with Abby, Kelsey, Louise, Danielle, Caitlin, all the ones around my age. And to be fair, at Rangers, I'm the youngest by like kind of quite a stretch. Are you? So that goes like me. I just turned 21, and then the next closest to me is like 23, 24. Mm -hmm. So there's nobody kind of around my age. So when I go to Northern Ireland camp, I just feel like. Young so again. comfortable and, and like almost able to be like my age again, if yeah. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's just so nice. You recently celebrated your 21st birthday. What did you do for that? Uh, nothing, obviously, because COVID, you know. Oh. Come on, Helen. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I know, but we're, we're still Scotland. not allowed out. Yes. 
What was, so I know you obviously supported Rangers growing up, did you have another team that you supported? Yeah, I was a big United fan. Mm -hmm. um, not through like my dad or anything, my uncle was like a die-hard United fan. I didn't really come from like a footballing family as such, so I think whenever he realised that his youngest wee girl was going to be playing football, he was like, what? what's going on here? <laughs> but I assume they'll all be there supporting at Southampton. Who'll be coming over to, to watch? Yeah, most of them most of them will come. Um, I think my sister will come because it gives her an excuse to go away on holiday. Yeah. Um, Listen, you can get the so. sun in Southampton. Oh, I know. I think that's why she's coming. She's, she thinks she's going to speed weather. But <laughs> Do you see yourself as a role model for young girls, like your little sister and younger? To be honest, I think it's only really, like, post-Covid and after qualifying for the Euros that, like, me and I'm sure I'm speaking on behalf of like a lot of the girls have really really like noticed the impact yeah. of that like some of the messages I get on Instagram and all are from like wee girls like and I click on and their profile picture is like them in an Northern kit and I'm like wow like that's something that you would never have seen before yeah um and I think even you, all you have to look at is that game at Windsor Park and the amount of kids and young girls especially and young boys too, you know. And I can I can actually remember going to the senior women's game when I was younger and honestly you would have been sitting in a crowd of probably like 50 people. Who would you have went there with? My dad. My dad just would have took just me. Just because you were fans? Um, and to be honest, like, yeah. And the most people that were there at the time was family was the girls who were playing on the pitch, their yeah. family. And then, see, to be honest with you, that was only like, and uh, with my first couple of games with the senior squad at 16, 17, still there, you would only got maybe like 50 to 100 people at the games. And now I'm like- It's mind blowing, is such it? a, like yeah. in such a short space of time, like what, what are we talking, four or five years? Yeah. And we've just sold out Windsor Park. Like, uh, it blows my mind. How influential has Dean been in the whole process as well? Yeah, look, I think, like, they come as a pair, don't they? You know, like, I don't think that Kenny would be without Dean and Dean would be without Kenny, but I shouldn't tell him this, but I don't think I probably would be able to play my position as well if he, if they hadn't have came in. I think, like, I've got, I have to thank, like, obviously them too so much because I think on a personal level, like, they've done so much for my game and then... Obviously, I was out for quite a bit of time, and you know, if it wasn't like for their support and stuff, that I probably wouldn't have came back in the form that I did. So, obviously, we were preparing for the Euros, like for the the qualifiers and against Ukraine and stuff. And you know, whenever I used to go down the training, like Dean and Kenny were always keeping me involved. So, you know, that's like I have a lot to thank them for for that as well because I think like off the pitch, I was trying to like take in what they were teaching like everybody yeah. else so that I wasn't behind whenever I came back. Are yeah. you proud? to be from Northern Ireland. Oh my, so proud. And you become more proud when you move away as well. But that's like, uh, you always say there's no, like so cringy, but there place actually I is come. no place like home. Glasgow's so similar to home. Um, I just find the people and um, the crack you can have and all. Um, how much do you enjoy living in Glasgow? It's very active, all these people going past in scooters and bikes. Got to get yourself out here in the afternoons. I know. Not in them coffee shops no, you keep talking about. No, this is what you need to be doing. I think um, it's hard because I, I think Glasgow's quite similar to home, um, but it's hard because obviously we moved here in lockdown and then nothing was really open. Yeah. So the only places that were open were the likes of like coffee shops and so stuff I'm not, like that. I'm not judging you for going to coffee shops. You are? <laughs> the hell you are? I've been to every coffee shop in Glasgow. Do you want any recommendations? <laughs>
I hope you've enjoyed the Glasgow episode. Do join us next time as I travel to Liverpool to meet Simone McGill and Rachel Furness.